Oh, wrong one. and Sears podcast week six hope everyone enjoyed that intro it's always good to hear that song and it's somehow on it unavailable to be found on the internet taken off youtube um but the point still stands fuck OU. Didn't, wait, wait, didn't you get a copyright infringement email about that song no not that was a different song that okay. was another song yeah if you're trying to listen to like week four of last year for some odd reason and it's not on there that's because it got taken down um due to copyright infringement if there's someone who's referencing back to week four of last year my lord uh texas big win over tcu i was there have way too much to talk about it it was fun to literally grab that monkey off your back throw it against the wall step on its neck and watch it die i don't care if that's graphic i think that's that's okay you deserve to say that. Thank you. It was emotional for me. Um, I'll be honest. It was pretty great watching them wave that flag uh, on TCU's field. Oh, we took the field, the flag out there? Oh, yeah. They took the big flag, and you could kind of tell some TCU f- players were lingering just to make sure they didn't plant it. And Sark smartly was talking to the – you know, just – saying hello to the TCU coaches afterwards and shaking hands and whatnot, but kind of was facing the team while shaking hands and he was hovering around the TCU logo. Like he, he wasn't going to let it happen. He was going to let him run around, but he wasn't going to let anything happen. So, but still, regardless, so much fun. Uh, I, the the rain held off. Rain held off. Didn't have to bring a rain jacket, which was so nice. Um, I was lucky enough to be in box, so that didn't really matter for me. Yep, I know, high-class living. Uh, I was also lucky enough to sit in the box with uh, the head of the Board of Regents, Mr. Eltife, um, and President Hartzell came by and sat down for a good two quarters, um, pretty much most of the second and all of the third. That was uh, that was really cool. And if, if you think those guys don't care and they're just figureheads for the football team and just there for show, you're completely wrong. They were getting into it just as much as I was, and it was really fun and enlightening cool. to see. Yeah, it was it was awesome. It made you feel good. Not to shit on Finvis, but I think people had been around him during football games and kind of seemed just there. Oh, look, we're winning. Oh, okay, you know, nice to see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they were they didn't. It's not that they wouldn't didn't want to talk to somebody, but they were there for one reason, and it wasn't to talk to people. So that was just a little added note. Um, me and Mr. Altife had a grand old time. He had some great one-liners that I'll gladly tell to everybody um, who asked me, but not on this podcast. But getting away from Fort Worth for just one second, John, do you have a beer of the week? Uh, a little bit of a special beer of the week this week, um, open-ended. We don't want to choose a beer from Norman, Oklahoma. Nope. This sounds terrible. So beer of the week this week is any beer you're going to consume on the state fairground. Any beer that you will drink in a wax cup. In a wax cup. It has to be in a wax cup. If I see any of my friends drinking a beer out of anything but a wax cup, it's like, 
cup. You need Why to just, are you here? You need to rethink everything. Even though it costs like ten or twelve tickets for a really small beer, but no, uh, not anymore. Now it's six tickets because they're now each coupon's now worth a dollar. Yeah, I forgot there was like a yeah that's gonna mess change in whatever you want to call it change in value. But yeah, no, something about that wax cup on a Saturday morning. Um, I know for most Dallas people, y'all can go there whenever you want, and it's not on a Saturday. But for everyone else. Something about that wax cup on a Saturday morning where the beer is like kind of cold, not really as cold as it should be. Um, it's never as cold as it should be, but it tastes way better than it should. It tastes great. And so that's, that <laughs> is the beers of the week is any beer that is consumed on the state fairground, which is most likely Motor Light, Coors Light, Bud Light, or Michelob Ultra. So yeah. there you go. No, that's a, that's a great one. The pro tip is always grab a few beers. Grab two beers, get in line for Corny Dog. Obviously at nine a.m. This is not after the game. This is this is the pro move, not the yeah, not the not the this is not the rookie shit. You grab two beers, you get in line for the Corny Dog. It's only like ten or twelve people because this is these are the pros. Finish one beer, <laughs> go get the corn get the Corny Dog. Save the empty cup. Put the mustard in that cup to dip said Corny Dog into the mustard. And then wash said corny dogs down with the second beer. Correct. Also, sixticketbeer.com. You're welcome. That place is the absolute best. A little bit of a hike. I'm not going to lie. It's worth it. It's awesome. It's It's fun to go after the game. It's more fun after the game, I will say. I I I think it's a great spot to go right after the game. Avoid the the, traffic rush at Big Tech's. Kind of let that dwindle and then – you can then go over to the main area and the old old mill or whatever. Six the number six ticketbeer.com. It's this half price beer stand. They have the, a map of where they are. This website looks like it was made in nineteen ninety nine and hasn't been updated since and it's awesome. Oh, uh, is it three ticket beer now? God, that's a good question. I I would hope so. Regardless, yeah, great spot to meet if you're looking for Stuart and or John after this game. Make sure this is at the bottom of the website. Make sure you come and see us on the Midway at the State Fair 2016. Thanks, Pookie. Hmm. So, their last okay, so that's beer, beer of the week. We'll talk about the State Fair in a little bit. Their last beat, uh, tweet was in 2016. Uh, all right. You want to talk about some actual football, maybe? Yeah, before we jump into it, I want to give a shout-out to a said Kate Kelly for probably the greatest picture I've ever seen of you um, <laughs> looking out into the abyss of Eamon Carter, or whatever it's called. No, nah, don't give it that, yeah. And I, it, 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 it that picture uh, was pretty funny. I, I laughed, so shout-out to Kate for taking that picture of a man in his, in his moment. I'll be honest, man. It was – I wasn't – I hadn't been drinking that much because I was around – uh, older folks, so I had to be Watch on a little players. bit of my behavior, and I wanted to look good for Hartzell and Eltif, and not look like a total drunk. But still, <laughs> I was—I haven't been that emotional about a game in a while. That felt really good. Um, really? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just that's the last time we're playing Fort Worth for how no, God knows how long, and it's—I it, don't know what it is, but the TCU thing—it's just—it's the freaking madman meme where he comes in and goes i actually absolutely hate you to don draper and don draper looks at him and goes i never think about you at all that's that's texas and tcu right there we don't give a fuck about them but for some reason we always stub our toe against them and we didn't this time um I, one more thing on tcu themselves we'll get an actual football I, patterson 
was not ready. Like, even after the game, he's lost it, man. I don't know what the hell's going on. Like, saying that Evans should never get as many touches as Bijan because he wants to save him for four years. That's a desperate, desperate. uh, I know. But, like, if you give him the ball 35 times like you did Bijan, you probably win that game, Gary. It's, yeah, shout out to whoever it was on uh, Finessen or whatever the name of the group me is now, but who showed the stats of LT. Yeah. He was in his prime running for like 40 times a game. Yes. So, yeah, that, that's a that's just a last last gasp for air type statement. Or maybe I guess so. up in the moment. Yeah. So. I mean, there's a whole bunch of power dynamics at TCU that uh, we're not getting into on this, but I will gladly get into with anyone in person that are just kind of behind the scenes and yeah there's a lot going on anyways let's go to football yeah yeah um i would like to say i I re-listened to our podcast last week and i did not make a score prediction um unfortunately but i remember in my head thinking tcu was going to win 32 28 okay well it was close it went the other way around i was i actually gave a prediction and was not too far off i was off by a grand total of uh four points so thank you um so um obviously the rain held off i already mentioned that um crowd looked pretty light at the get-go and never really really looked to develop too much which played in our favor but um that first kickoff was like oh lord here Here we go yeah um but i was extremely proud of us coming down the field at least getting three it was a very frustrating end to that drive. Um, but in general, before we jump into individual moments of the game or um, I guess players that stood out to us as it was, it was a truly like, not to sound like a typical coach statement, like a full team win. Yeah. Um, there were moments where the offense was really good and it was moments when they were really bad. And then when the defense needed to make plays, they, they forced turnovers. Um, I think TCU made, uh, a lot of mistakes. Obviously, the muff punt, the fumble, punt. Yeah. Um, the reverse call. Though all three of those possessions that turned into nine points for us, which should have been more, but turned into I mean, that was a difference in the game. So there was a lot of mistakes on TCU's part. Um, finally, but typically that was us who was making those mistakes in right. that game. So forget all the individual terrible calls, uh, individual schemes that were like going into the game. We weren't making the mistakes for once, and it was like, all right. That's that's a huge step in the right direction. So that that was my like intro I wanted to give before we don't jump into certain play and players. Yeah, no, I agree with all that, and I still think that the quiet confidence thing, like they never really flinched after that kickoff. I like obviously the defense gave up a bad touchdown or you know bad tackling on that touchdown when Brockmeyer, Anthony Cook, and I forgot who else literally have Evans wrapped up and he somehow strangles free because they like tackle each other. It was number three uh jacoby so yeah, yeah that's that was tough to watch but i never thought from like a mental standpoint watching them on the field like they were like oh shit we're done for this is over like they never did that flinch and sark 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 touched on that in his press conference too um so watching that was yeah enlightening and throughout the entire game this offense yeah when they stuttered or casey couldn't really get the a throw going or worthy dropped it or whatever happened penalties between those fucking refs, both sides. Those refs are terrible. That was the one thing I could agree with with the TCU fans I was sitting next to. I was also sitting next to a former TCU football player, which was an interesting perspective. Um, 
who still knew some of the guys on the team. That was that was having that was kind of a treat hearing a little bit more inside. But regardless, that was a, the one thing I could agree on was how poorly refereed that game was. And yeah. uh, supposedly the sideline guy from the Charlie Strong Oklahoma State home game that was just you know the biggest mayhem. Yeah. Uh, mess up in the entire world was the same sideline guy for us. Um, and obviously they switch at halftime or whatever, but still, uh, his name is Kelly Detter, Detter, uh, Detter Ting, Ding. If yeah, that, that must be bottom of the barrel in terms of uh, Big 12 refs because Ugh. refs make bad calls every once in a while, but to have like five calls that truly actually impacted drives and ultimately the game was serious. I mean, Let's like just talk about a few of those. The targeting call. I mean, I, I know it's the right call. Which one? The, <laughs> uh, the, the, the very one, first one. Yeah. On Jay Witt. I, I I know it's the right call. I hated that. That was. I, yeah, I did too. Uh, you know, I don't know if Gary Patterson's timeout helped us or not, or if the timeout was going to take place anyways. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, the what's it, we had a pass that went over uh, Wiley's head. Horrible pass. Yes, that, that, was, that was not a pass interference. Yeah, he like tripped on the drive guy. Alive when the game was pretty close. Yep. Um, then there was the DeMarvion and Anthony Cook Ugh. while Dugan or someone else were going down. You know, I think Anthony Cook's in slow-mo actually showed a lot more that he actually did hit his head pretty hard, so it may right. be the right call. But DeMarvion DeMarvin, was, was, was horrendous. And it, I was actually watching it with – Aggies, Longhorns, TCU fans, and everyone in the room agreed. Like you were watching with a former TCU player too. Yeah, uh, he was not there. He was actually at the game. Oh, but never mind. Um, yeah, he did not go to the wedding. It's but a family member he is. Yeah, <laughs> minus one. Love you, John. <laughs> so uh, he actually appreciated his shout outs last week. Oh, there you go. Um, but yeah, I should not even know what we were talking about. But uh, everyone agreed. In the Penalties. Room. Those. Those were like horrendous calls yeah. that impacted the game. So obviously it's nice to be on the right side of some of those calls. Um, there was one other one that was horrendous, but I can't really remember what it was or whatever. But um, yeah, hopefully that group is a one and done in our games. Cause Ugh, that was, that they was were pathetic. Okay. Let's I only them. remember the head guy and that guy I did not recognize. I didn't recognize him either. Hmm. So. Interesting. Something to ponder. Okay. Let's get into okay. some actual, individual group efforts yeah. starting with the offense okay we've we've glossed over them and now we just have to fully do it because we just it, it's time Bijan is a legitimate heisman contender there's there's no questions about that um i saw in the athletic today they do like a their first of the year heisman straw poll between all their riders and he was he was second um behind bryce young which I thought he he's looked good. I wouldn't call him a Heisman. I wouldn't call Bijan a for sure Heisman either. But I would definitely not call Bryce Young a for sure Heisman. But regardless, I mean, he absolutely won that game for us offensively. No questions about it. Um, Thirty-five carries uh, for like seven and a half, uh, or sorry, six yards per carry. Two hundred sixteen yards, two touchdowns. Only his longest run was 27 yards, which is crazy to think that you average that many yards per carry on that many yards and your long still only 27. But unbelievable game. That third and third and nine at the end for the first down was just great play call, counter. They thought we were going to drop back and throw, not even close to being ready. That was incredible. 
and then the third and six where he didn't give up earlier um and the was i think it was in the camera was in the third or fourth regardless that was just absolutely incredible too so hats off to this kid i mean he's I don't know what to describe him. You got to give the O line some credit, but still. No, he he's a man playing against kids. He's yeah. making moves against guys. He's been doing it. He's done every game except for Arkansas. I guess what I wanted to say before we move off of him was that I think Arkansas was the first time he got true national primetime coverage um, yeah. and actual Heisman um, references next to his name or being in the same sentence. This week, if he goes off for 150 plus, he is 100% right up Bryce Bryce Young's ass. There's no one else in college football, especially with how crowd players are losing. Yeah, but yeah. Ole Miss, they're going to lose one or two more games, and you can't you can't go unless you're RG3 that one bad down year. Yeah, you can't go to New York with like three or four losses. That's so, true. Uh, and shop, sorry, Will, for saying that, but yeah, he is he is a good quarterback. <laughs> But I told you Bama was going to cover. I don't, I, yeah, I don't get it. And he amazes me every game. And it's like, how the heck did Tom Herman convince him to come to Texas? Oh, good Lord. Like, and he kept him on the sidelines last year. Regardless, he's a great kid playing unbelievable football. Um, and yeah, that third and nine, man, that was like something special. Uh, yep. that, some of these like third down conversions that he makes, obviously everyone convinced him to like Vince. Con- comparison to Vince Young and what Vince was able to do on the field. But there was a time when we were in college in the last three or four years where we could not complete a third in like six over in like through the air. And now we're doing it over, you know, someone's legs. So unbelievable, extremely entertaining. Um, Even my mom who was watching the game, who has not a single idea about what football (laughs) is like, wow, that number five is like really, really entertaining. So I think that says a lot. Um, you know, I look forward to what could be a huge game for his career this weekend. I think, uh, yeah, no, I agree with all that. I just moving still with the run game, like the Roshan Wildcat is turning out to look pretty good as well as just another kind of switch it up. I still maybe like, I don't know how you get Keelan Robinson involved in this offense, but you kind of have to at this point. He's too fast. He's too good. Um, the only thing, the only bugaboo is that, you know, end of the game, you're up by 12. And if you get a touchdown, you're up by 19 with how yeah. much, how much time, three minutes four. Oh no, sorry. Take that back. It would have, it was nine. There was a lot of time, nine minutes left in the game. Regardless you score there and it's 19 to 20 or tw- 30, 39 to 20. And you're giving the ball to a quarterback who has really struggled throwing the ball today. And they and Ze- Evans has played well, but you still at th- at that point Gary's already used I think one timeout, maybe two. You c- really can't run the ball as much as you can. I, it's just you're so close to that game, kind of looking like a blowout for how ugly it was, and you can't. You're half a yard short. Yeah, I, I, I really don't know. We're going to go through the air on fourth down. I know I it was all about, all about instilling confidence in your team and instilling confidence in Bijan. Bijan doesn't need any more confidence. He's fine. I really thought the fourth down play. Going to the left side of the center was a bad call, um, especially with the new group that we'll get to in a second, maybe improved. But um, I was a little frustrated with that call. I, I, In hindsight, it didn't come and bite us in the butt, but 
Uh, I would have liked to have seen a different play call if you were going to go for it on fourth. So. Yeah, well, it's also just such a so it was the exact same play as the play before. I think I can't remember if it was a it trap was something or not. similar, but it yeah, was, it, you know, I, everyone uh, we were watching was like, you got to kick the field goal there, make it two scores, whatever. It, in hindsight, you well, can already always, two you can scores, always judge yeah. Sark's decision, um, but it worked out for another in our favor, and it didn't matter because. We still had that guy running the ball for us, and he drained the clock out of the next possession. That's so. true. I think you could argue that the that the uh, second to last field goal, or the last field goal, excuse me, not going for it there, and was the kind of more ultra conservative kind of play to win the game. You should have done gone for it there, the fourth well, one Dicker, there. Dicker was wet. You might as well just take the. Points. No, I know, but it's you're on the ten. I hope he's wet from there. But I I, I was thinking. Let's go for it here. There's still a little time left. You know, if you you, you go for it there, then you're up 30 to 17. And it's, I, I don't know, it feels a little more different rather than going for the field goal at the end when you've already messed up. Yeah, I, it's obviously hindsight 2020, but yeah. yeah third down run on that possession too was pretty sad. He had a very clear way to get to the first. And he got yeah, the that was, I forgot about that. He kind of took a weird angle. Yeah, you're right. Um, but anyways, work on the goal line, please, and maybe mix in some non-under center type stuff or something a little different. Um, save for two-point conversions. If Herman had one thing. He had some pretty creative play designs for two-point conversions that somehow worked. Um, and Sark can obviously do that. But anyways. Yeah, the fade of the corner was a little disappointing there. Yeah, that was – it was the right call in terms of personnel looking at the box, but it was not a good throw and – I don't think Casey's that type of quarterback. But uh, going over to the O-line with the running game, Okafor goes down, and I thought we looked a little bit better. I would say we looked like 10 times better, but I thought we looked a little better, Um, mostly because Carrick's a really good run blocker, and he just craves contact. And Kerstetter is Kerstetter, and you move him to left guard, and nothing happens. It's the exact same, and he does his job, plays well. I saw some good double teams between Majors and Anglau and Kerstetter getting to the second level. Uh, still, you know, kind of slow, but it, it works. It was fine. That TCU defense was not not as good as we've seen in the years past. Like, nothing even close. That D-line was pretty pathetic. But, again, in pass pro, like, that first damn third down, Christian Jones just lets two guys go right past him. Like, oh, my gosh. Can we, can we make it simpler for the kid? I, he's a, you know – First year starter, left tackle. Let's just simplify it, please, or give them the tight end. I, it's it's frustrating to see your tight tackles just get beat like that so bad. So from left to right, what is the offensive line now? Jones, Kerstetter, Majors, Angelau, Carrick, Carrick. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was pretty pretty rough there the first drive, but they. Flood responded. Um, yeah, got him, got him aligned, and I don't recall after that first possession sack that Casey had another sack. I don't believe that they did. No, I'm seeing one more, but I can't remember where it was. Yeah, okay. And, well, and there was a few penalties here and there. It wasn't yeah. terrible. But. And four tackles for losses, not great, but not not terrible. You know, it was that all that Dylan Horton guy. Yeah, that guy was pretty. He was like the only decent one that DN for him. Um, regardless, I thought this this unit is kind of cohesing and it's 
obviously buoyed by an unbelievable back behind them, but if they can be somewhat competent when you have that much skill behind you, you'll look good. And Brewer gets gives a lot of credit, needs a lot of credit for this too. He blocked well. He's getting the Andrew Beck. I'm not really good at anything but blocking and can maybe pick up a holding or pass interference penalty because I'm so big award. Uh, but yeah, he, he deserves some credit. And Wiley, I didn't see too many just whiffs like we'd seen earlier in the season. So this this run blocking unit is very good, regardless of you might have a Heisman Trophy winner <laughs> running the okay, actually more, getting more the ball. entertaining positions. Um, uh, there was no wide receivers. <laughs> the wide receivers sucked. Yeah, I mean, that, was wait, rough, that was a rough one. We've got to connect on the deep ball. My God. Yeah, Casey needs to get something going there. I mean, worthy six targets, one completion, which was a flip forward on a jet sweep. Uh, you gotta you gotta flush that game out of your out of your system. Uh, yeah, there were a few deep balls. I mean, that was one kind of. Pretty sick catch by Jordan. Uh, yeah. One deep pass. Other than that, a lot of. I was on third and fifteen too. Yeah, just a bunch of uh, airmailed deep balls. But you know, in, in general, I think that was probably Casey's worst. Um, yeah. So hopefully, he got it out of his system, like you said. I forgot about that Kevin Robinson jet sweep. That, you know, maybe we'll see a little more of that this week. Yeah. Hopefully, something. I mean, Whittington. Who he's the one who caught that. The opening kickoff. Yes. Yeah. Um, Whittington was really the receiver that only, you know, played well, only had three catches, but, you know, two big ones. And obviously the touchdown RPO at the end, like, you know, had his head up, ready to go, even though we hadn't thrown the ball, like what seemed to be about an hour and a half. And uh, he's got his head up, ready to go, catches it, breaks one, see ya. That's exactly what this offense needs, especially as teams realize what we're going to, you know, scheme around, uh, but getting to yeah, Casey not as obviously not his best. It's he just never gets going in the first. He never got going in the first half and ended with that pick that was basically just a punt. But he hits that RPO to Whittington. But other than that, like there was no other throws that really kind of wowed you. And it's tough to, like to get him going early with confidence because that's just taking the ball out of Bijan's hands. So, I don't know, mixing an option, a lot of throws to the backfield, a lot of misdirection. I think we'll see a lot of that this week. But you kind of got to get them in a rhythm. Also, and not to go full Greg Davis, but, like, there's nothing wrong with a three-yard, five-yard stop. Just did play a little pitch and catch, you know, get the boys warmed up. <laughs> get the confidence out. Hey, there's, yeah. no, there's no better game, I guess, to get a young quarterback more comfortable than this one. If you can get him rolling and then – He's not completely airmailing all of his deep balls. Then let's watch out this weekend. So yeah, I think that's enough on the offense. Or do we have any more more comments? Only the last comment that I'll say: is nine points off three turnovers is absolutely un- unacceptable, especially when two of those you get the ball in your own territory. Or no, sorry, only one of those, but still. And then yeah, that, that was the difference. That was the only reason the game was close. Right. And second to last thing. Yeah, TCU went 90 yards at the uh, end of the game. Yeah, so did we at the beginning of the game for a touchdown. So, good job, offense. All right. Good. You start with your overall defensive thoughts because we're on opposite sides, I already know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you saw my text during the game. I was frustrated with them in the first half. It really felt as though 
they weren't going to make any stops until TCU made a mistake, which in fact was kind of the case. Um, you know, Duggan's third down pass that was errant on that second possession really bailed us out. That could have been a touchdown by Evans. Yep. Uh, the kind of weirdly timed reverse uh, on the on our third possession uh, led to a fumble recovery on our part by Jameson, I think. Yep. Also odd. Um, it really just felt like we weren't making stops. It was like TCU was getting in their own way, kind of tripping on their own dicks type thing. So um, I just got out of the stats for this game. Great. But uh, forgetting, forget stats, right? No one cares about those. Um, we, I don't know. It just felt like they were playing from, I mean, it was that one, oh yeah, that play where DeMarvion like literally ran into our own player where yeah. Duggan missed Evans on the, on the pass. He probably could have ran it himself, but the second half, though, they really uh, they really dialed in. Um, you know, it was I didn't realize this until I looked at it, but TCU only had four possessions in the second half, yep. which um, was obviously a factor of uh, Bijan having such an amazing game. Um, so I'm going back to it here. But, yeah, no, in general, I was not very pleased with them in the first half and felt as though it was TCU was the only, only reason why we were – really getting off the field. But then they came out, forced the fumble. Obviously, Anthony Cook in the second half was huge. Um, and then the, I don't really remember the the possession after Jordan Whittington scored his touchdown. Um, they, with to three make plays, it 32, three and out. Yeah, 32-20. I don't really remember. I think I may have been taking a lead because that was a really fast possession. Yeah, no, um, it, it lasted 50, uh, 50 seconds. Yeah, so, I mean, that – they. And it felt like TCU got away from Zach Evans there on those two possessions. Yeah, no, they did. They got they, – you're 100% right. They went uh, on that uh, – on the field goal even, they handed off to Evans once. Um, now, yeah. granted, it was for a 33 yards. But then on the on the next possession, the three and out, they uh, never handed – they never gave him the ball. Yeah, that was, that was odd. Um, they ended up ultimately being the difference in the game. But, yeah, again, I, forcing turnovers, I can't complain. Um I was, I I think I know what you're about to say is that we were in a very like conservative defense the whole time, knowing that we were going to keep putting points up. Um, in general, we weren't letting any deep balls go by us, so that was a plus. Um, and then ultimately, their mistakes were what we were able to capitalize off of. But I I would I would give them like a B minus. I, I don't hate the B minus. Yeah, I'd probably around a B for me. But just going to the stats that we don't care about. Duggan was held to six and a half yards per attempt. TCU was four yards per carry, probably around like 4.2 when you take out sacks, but there was only like three of the two of those. Their longest play was 33 yards that Evans handoff, and then afterwards they didn't do anything with it. You forced two turnovers. I'm counting that reverse as a force because the receiver is looking at Jamison because he's in great position and not at the ball, and that's kind of the reason he fumbles it, so I'm counting it as a force. And you should have had one more pick when Brockmeyer and oh, Overshawn – literally tried to steal it away from each other which is so frustrating and then they were six of 13 on third downs now duggan is not great throwing the ball and we knew that going into the game but he really made that point for us yeah we uh, why he's a quarterback at tcu yeah but yeah they gary obviously was getting i don't know what was going on he i think he was trying to outplay us playing conservative and wanted to rely more on throwing the ball and not as much on your true offense is just handing the ball to Evans again. I, it was wrong. Um, individually saw, you know, D line 
Oshimo and Jacoby Jones played great. I thought Jacoby Jones had that awesome sack on uh, Duggan, or I don't. It might have been really more just a tackle, but uh, and Devondre Sweat played well. But other than that, like it's still just not there. Like Ovi, Ray Thornton, freaking Jet Bush. Like it, there's no rush. There's there's no just absolute dominant play on the inside. It's frustrating to watch. Um, yeah, no, it, it's, it's kind of all coming to fruition this, this weekend, right? They got to somehow create some sort of pressure, um, and, and in general kind of force more turnovers like they did. Um, and, and then, cause I, I mean, <laughs> I'd like to think that Rattler is not going to make the mistakes that Doug no. did, but he shoot, he might, he might. So we'll see. Um, I just, Brockemeyer's got to have probably like a game of his life. And then we've got to somehow, I'm trying to think of who on the outside, like BJ Foster, like forces two, two interceptions or something. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's, uh, I, I we'll get into OU, but yeah, I, I agree. I'm, Brockmeyer I'm, already, rough... I'm already getting into OU. What? <laughs> I'm already getting into OU. Yeah, that's fine. We're excited. Uh, we're, uh, you know, Brockmeyer had a had a rough day, and he could tell going into the game he was amped up, and that missed tackle or whatever I don't know you call it a missed tackle. I'm just gonna call it the, an awful tackle um, that led to the touchdown and that first drive, and then he carried the Ellinger flag out for the game. It, like he was he was into it, and he comes off the field at least two or three times for injuries, one to his ankle, one to his shoulder, and then like both every single time or all three times he's just coming back out like immediately next play two plays later and it's like okay is our do you really not like Adelia Dayaway and David Yabenda that much or is Brockmeyer really that good or how hard is he I don't know but he he obviously didn't have it he still was like our second leading tackler though so what are you gonna do but I thought DeMarvion played really well obviously we talked about that flag that was complete bullshit but whatever um my my bet for DeMarvion's looking okay but not great i need i need kind of a pickup i need well the numbers what what were the numbers again uh through five games he's got 44 tackles and i need 121 i think Hmm. so i need a big week what i mean again there's a game for it uh getting to the dbs anthony cooks that he that was his probably his best game as a longhorn forcing that fumble Great. Uh, also had another sack or another tackle for loss or two tackles for loss. Excuse me. Um, great in coverage. Didn't let anything over the middle um, on their slot guys. The DB wise, I, I never yelled Darian Dunn's name. And for a backup cornerback on the road against an offense like that, that's I'll take that every single day. Um, and Deshaun James and, you know, same same thing. Uh, I thought BJ played well and run support. You know, he's still not great and true coverage. but That's OK. And Jaron pretty much the same thing uh, it was it was been no break it was ugly but they played well and there was no you know big break qb runs or anything like that evans is an nfl running back and yeah he had six yards per carry and he probably they probably win that game if they handed off to him more but he, they didn't anything else on defense no i i'm already looking at stuff already so um all right. Oh, you preview. I said, I said my piece. I, I was not impressed with the defense, and 
fear what that means could happen this week, but we'll get to that in a second. OU preview. University of Oklahoma Sooners are coming in Dallas undefeated. Just uh, right where we want them. Narrow win over Kansas State after a crazy, like, last five minutes of that game. Kansas State re- returns that kick and gets the onside and all that. Um, didn't They didn't look great against West Virginia the week before that at home. And they were the fans were booing Rattler and chanting for Caleb Williams to come out the backup. And then the week before that, if Nebraska has any sort of fight or any sort of anything, they should have, they could have, they stuck with them. They could have won that game. Despite all that, uh, Rattler is still completing the ball at 75%. He's got 10 touchdowns, but four picks. He's, you know, who he is, you know, what he's going to do. People forget, forget he got benched in this game last year yeah. at, the, at the end, which was crazy to think about with all everything that happened in that game. That was one of one of the few storylines uh, that Michael Woods, number eight, he's the, one of their new receivers. He's an absolute stud Had a t- two touchdowns. I think maybe one against Kansas State. That's Stogner, Stoner, whatever his name is, tight end. He's still there. Drake Stoops from last year. Yes, that's Bob's son. He's still there. Kennedy Brooks is like the only running back left after Ramondre and someone else got like kicked off or transferred. I can't remember exactly what happened. Um, and their O-line, their O-line is, I mean, you lose Creed Humphreys. Like he was a four-year starter. That guy was an absolute freak. Yeah, he was there forever. You're going to, you're going to fall off a little bit. And I think running the ball, they've fallen off a little bit, but passing the ball or pass protection, they still pretty solid. This And that's what really scares me is that we haven't got a pass rush yet with just our D-line, and uh, they're good in pass protection. So not not a great uh, combo. Um, have you watched any of their games or anything at all? No. not. I, mean, I guess I watched the two-lane game early, early on, and you can't really – the first week is always kind of tough to judge. Yeah. Um, I mean, everyone has seen the Kirk Herbstreet um, comments regarding – their team booing a Heisman candidate. Um, you know, I'd, looking at the stats that we don't care about, um, their their rushing defense is pretty pretty good. So um, that scares me in terms of okay, if they do shut down Robinson, what are we doing? Where are we going? Yep. Um, I think ultimately the this is going to kind of sound like a really dumb statement, but like the most important player on the field is Spencer Rattler. If he does have a bad game, this is like an easy opportunity for us to win this game. But if he's able to kind of step back and be comfortable back there and kind of pick us apart, which he hasn't done this year, then I'm fear what this could be, but it's OU. This game is always close. It's been a one possession, one possession game. Um, for about five or six years now, um, even though there's been some fluky deals going on in there. But um, other than the Big 12 championship is what I mean. But, yeah, I just think that there's – this is a typical I – mean, we've been underdogs to OU for pretty much since we were kids. Since so, 2009. Um, so, I mean, it's kind of like a normal feeling going into this game. Yep. But I'm I feel – Comfortable, comfortable. Yeah, I feel semi – confident in how uh uncertain OU's offense is so I agree. 
Um, whereas we've faced like three Heisman candidates in the last like five years. So um, I think it's, it, it comes down to a very quick start. We need to get the ball first and score. I would like that. Um, and then whether or not we're able to force, if we force two turnovers, we win the game. I, I'm not I don't agree with that actually purely because of what we did this past week with our three t- turnovers. If we force two turnovers and the average score between those is less than five points, then no chance. I don't think we win this game. So I, I, I don't feel comfortable enough purely off turnovers. I need to see a little bit more um, probably from the defense and what you can do against passing the ball. We haven't seen, I mean, we really haven't seen a great quarterback yet. Right. I guess you can argue the Arkansas quarterback, but yeah, he wasn't uh, I, throwing the ball. Yeah, no, agreed. And again, we were very much benefited by the fact that Dugan made some serious mistakes. So, yes. I, they're like, we're going to need to force the issue on defense this week. I'm uh, not calling Rattler Tom Brady, but he's definitely the best quarterback we've seen this year. That's what worries me mostly on defense. On offense, though, I, I'm pretty confident that we can run all over these guys. They had trouble with um, – what's his name? Deuce Vaughn. Deuce. Whoa, okay, morning. Uh, Deuce Vaughn last week. I think he had – I don't know how many uh, yards he, he had. He was like the leading receiver for Kansas State too. Really? Yeah. So, Probably. I mean, Bijan – Oh, I actually, take that back. He only had 50 yards on him. But, he, yeah, he had 100 yards receiving the ball and 10, 10 catches. So yeah, maybe that's that is how you kind of get Casey and Bijan going is out out of the backfield. But they're gonna be they're gonna be planning on that the whole game. You, you have to think about it. Um, Grinch is still a pretty good defensive coordinator, even though they may not have the guys up front. But yeah, this is probably I don't know in terms of their offense. There, it, it's not the best running attack that we've seen in the past five years. It's not even close. No. Yeah, throwing the ball, it's probably up there with how. how how, how good they normally are. I think our players have like officially become used to being the underdog in this game. So it's no yeah. longer an awkward feeling of like, wow, we're so disappointing that we're the underdog in this thing. Yep. I mean, it's been like 20 years of That's true. great underdogs. So we are the inferior program without a doubt. I'm not afraid to say that. Um, but this year just feels really different. I feel like we, have a little momentum going here and they're kind of like in a lot of question marks on their side. Um, whereas in past years, it's just kind of been like, they are unbelievable and we've gotten super lucky to be in the game and we've been able to pull out one or two of them. Um, yep. I, I was trying to take- think about it and I'm honestly getting wrapped up in the moment in this game and everything that means and all that, but like from a program defining week, just like one game, have we seen anything close to this? We say this about OU like almost every year, but yes, I've read the same thing. But not from a coaching standpoint. I don't. I'm not saying about coaching standpoint. Like, if, I'm not saying like if if Herman wins this game, you know, he doesn't get fired like last year. I'm saying yeah, from like, a yeah. true program. The opportunity ahead if we win is like I hear you. What Lincoln Lincoln Riley was essentially like completely ruined UT's idea of what Tom Herman was supposed to be, right? We were all like, oh, yes. Tom Herman's going to bring this offense to Austin, and Lincoln Riley produced what we were supposed to see. So from the get-go, 
Tom wasn't able to win the big game and someone else was doing what he was supposed to be doing somewhere else. So this is an opportunity for Sark to reestablish who is the more dominant coach in the region. And yep. I think I agree with you. Yeah, this is a, a big moment. I wouldn't say it turns the tide for 20 years type game. No, but, no, no. Uh, but I think it, it would be huge for Sark, huge for this year and, and momentum and uh, recruiting. I know we got some guy tonight from North Brian Texas. Thompson, yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, I agree. I don't, I, I, yeah, okay. I guess when we say yes, I agree with you. It is a huge, huge game for Sark. All right. Well, let's hear it. Um, I think it's going to be obviously an unbelievable environment. It never disappoints. It's been two years since it was, I guess, normal. Um, I think we should win. I'm sorry. We should like win. I said that too quickly, but we will actually, you, you give your prediction first. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Lucy, uh, that's what Lucy's yelling at you because you're just piddling around and not giving it No, somebody was coming in the door, and that's why I want you to do your prediction first. That's right. Uh, I, I've i been saying it pretty much since Arkansas. This quiet confidence on this team is really what I've grown to love, and I think it speaks volumes for how Sark runs this team and to an extent what he learned from Saban and everything else and how he's learned to coach. It's a stark contrast from uh, years past. I think the quiet confidence going into this game is going to really turn into more loud confidence when you have that Heisman, possible Heisman trophy contender running the ball. I, I like I like us. I don't know what it is. I think OU doesn't have that confidence at all. It's tight games for them. Rattler's looking a little shaky. They don't have, you know, the, he may not have the full support of the fan base i like us 40 40 35 so i think i finally figured out what i was trying to say is that instead of the pressure being on us for being the inferior team and when we're not supposed to be i feel like the like you were just kind of mentioning the pressure is kind of on them yeah uh, knowing that they are the better team but have not been performing but what i'm scared of is what lincoln raleigh has not shown yet and what if this is possibly the game where it clicks for rattler you know just like yeah Oh, here it is. Um, I think we can score. I think Bijan can run all over these guys. It's going to be a shootout. I think ultimately it lands at like 34-27 OU. Again, another one-score game, maybe even like a 34-31 where we could like do a backdoor cover. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. That that hidden thing is always there, and I did see some stat that under, under Riley, I think OU has lost like – eight or nine times before playing Texas and then including playing Texas and every other game after that, they've lost like four times. And I think three of those losses were in the playoff. Hmm. Yeah. So maybe two of those losses. I can't remember. I will say that line for the Kool-Aid is getting longer and longer. Isn't it's it? getting a little longer. I, I I did see something that was also interesting. You're not seeing a lot of shit talk between players or stupid comments by the coaches or in press conference or anything like that for this week, which is, it's a little eerie. I, I don't, I don't, it's not that I don't like it. It's just, it's different. Yeah. I mean, Sark has got a good control of most of those guys. Um, I, I, I will <laughs> going back to what you're saying about the year to find our program defining type game. 
if you do win this thing, like there, there's four buck uh, Gatorade things of Kool-Aid. There's no longer yeah. just one line. There are like four lines. So it probably will mean that I don't get my 11 a.m. game that I want next weekend. Oh, dude. Whatever. I'll sacrifice. If we are in another 11 a.m. game. You didn't respond to my text. Apparently Fox does get the first pick, by the way. They do? Yeah, Fox gets first pick, which I don't know why we're not on Fox this weekend, but um, we're on ABC, and I guess that's another reason why game day is there. Uh, I guess we haven't mentioned that. Yeah, game day is there, and that's fun. It's always a little different for the fair because they do it like kind of far away from everything. Yeah. If if they're doing it where they normally do it. I think they might be in – I don't know how to describe where they were in the past. But, yeah, no, I'll be there early, so I may swing by there and – oh. If anyone's listening and has an intern that wants to wear a beer and steer shirt uh, to game day, then please contact us. We would really greatly appreciate the advertising. Uh, okay, let's get into some games of the week. Oh, you really shrugged that off pretty fast. Well, yeah, I mean, let us know. We're, we're always down for free pub. Uh, all right, games of the week. Pretty good slate. Kind of bummed that this is like the one week we'll uh, – not it's, like, watching it's the one Saturday you're like guaranteed to like never watch more than a quarter of another game, but that's fine. It's, it's worth it. Uh, Georgia at Auburn, two thirty CBS with Hayden S. Gary Danielson. Auburn is plus fifteen. Georgia is freaking good, and my national championship prediction is still looking solid. Their starting defense has yet to give up a touchdown. <laughs> Auburn is just being Auburn and got so lucky beating LSU that Knicks fourth down touchdown. I don't yeah. know if that is, that was crazy. It's he, and he's gotten benched like three times this year already. They should not have won that game. LSU kind of let off the gas and let them back into that. But regardless, um, Georgia, is just 21, nothing after the first quarter against Arkansas is uh, pretty damn impressive. Uh, State Penn at Iowa. Okay, that is a three o'clock kick on Fox. Not that anyone on listening, well, I guess if you're not going to the game, you might want to watch that. Three o'clock kick on Fox. Iowa's minus one and a half. Iowa might be a playoff team. I, they're definitely better than Michigan or probably Ohio State in the Big Ten, but that's. They'll probably um, randomly lose to like Purdue or something. Probably that damn conference just can't help itself, yeah. but their defense can really compete with anybody. It's just the the lack of offense. But I did see their, you know, they basically are scoring on just big play breakout plays that you somehow can get a touchdown off of. But Sean Clifford, Penn State, kind of shown that they're a legit team as well in the Big Ten. Um, this one will be really fun to watch. I don't know how we didn't get game day, but probably had something to do with uh being on fox and iowa had already had um and penn state had already had game day so uh, I the texas ou sec move had something to do with game day going there as well. oh you're 100 right i didn't think about that yeah like I, I, no matter what whether it was two ranked teams or not i think it was yeah obviously no, three or right. four typically gets game day but the the narrative is too good to pass up I, yeah, no, you're you're right there. Uh, Alabama at Aggie, seven o'clock on CBS. <laughs> CBS night game. Um, Alabama's minus eighteen. I'm gonna be taking that after Jimbo said, "quote unquote," we're gonna beat their ass this summer. Talking about Nick Saban, uh, I think Saban will remember that. Alabama showed us last week that their defense can still compete, regardless of who's throwing the ball and whatnot. Uh, TCU's defense is like. 
it's okay, but it's not close to stopping Bryce Young and co. And you said TCU. I said TCU, sorry. AM's defense, excuse me. And their offense is just a joke. It's 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 pretty bad. And Calzada's awful. Yeah, no, I think Alabama's gonna put enough pressure on that quarterback where he's gonna be making a lot of mistakes. Alabama and Georgia both cover big time this weekend. I agree. Uh now the game everyone's been uh Looking forward to the fighting John Cottons, the Texas A&M Kingsville Javelinas travel north to Wichita Falls to take on the Midwestern State Mustangs. Seven o'clock in Wichita Falls. Great prime time, prime time game. Maybe we, hey John, we could make it if we wanted to. Uh, tough you're driving. <laughs> tough loss last week for the Stangs. Traveling to Eastern Washington. That's a tough place to play. Everybody knows that. Dylan Sterling Cole. It was Central Washington. Central Washington, whatever. It was the Eastern New Mexico State the week before. Then okay, Central. okay. Dylan Sterling Cole needs a bounce back game after throwing four picks. He went eighteen of thirty six. Um, needs needs a big game. The Haves, they're a solid team. If I know anything about the Haves, I know that they're really well coached, getting great recruits. Um, Got to have it. Bang, bang. Um, tight end reports for Midwestern State. They lost two tight ends in the game last oh, Saturday no. night in Washington. Oh, no. They're now down to zero tight ends. Oh, no. So, yeah. Does, does Vegas – has Vegas – did they know this? Have they have they swayed the line yet? I don't know. That's tough. I'm going to go I'm gonna go Midwestern State at home. Yeah, 7 o'clock with the lights on. You know, it's going to be it, a little bit darker. Is it a dark blackout or, or pink out? Is it a pink out this Oh, game? I think it actually is a pink out. Because it's breast cancer awareness, I believe so. That that might be next week. Okay, well, John looks that up. You can find us probably right around Big Texas right boot, circa eight thirty, no later than eight forty five a.m. Um, keep an eye out for Mister Taylor. He's always around on the left side of the boot, um, looking the entrance into that. Uh, What's it called? Little area. What am I missing? What am I missing? What am I missing? Six ticketbeer.com. Six, the number ticketbeer.com. I land at 7.35. We will be getting an Uber at 7.45. All right. You hear the song. You hear what's playing. Let those words be etched into your heart. See everybody Cause they hardly